0: Partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and John on Score North and ScoreNorth.com.
2: And going to that final play, you know, when I saw it, the only thing I could think of, I was like, uh, he must have didn't know how, how, you know, what what down it was. You know, I, and mm-hmm. I, I haven't heard his, you know, explanation um, about it uh, as of yet. But on the sideline, I was like, it was just it just took me back, you know, because I was just shocked that you know, we threw the ball, you know, three, we needed eight, you know, so I, I really don't know, you know, what went into that, you know, how, you know, that decision came about him throwing the ball, you know, that short.
0: Patrick Peterson on his all things covered podcast. And I will say so that the Cousins Crusaders don't completely freak out. He did also say that Cousins is a top 10 quarterback. You can win a lot of games with Kirk Cousins, and he spent plenty of time talking about the defensive shortcomings as well. Yep. So for for all the people I saw yesterday, Chris Thomason was the first to transcribe this and put it out on social media. Maybe he should look at the – he's one to talk. It's like he talked about all of it. He was asked about the fourth and eight. That's a really candid answer. He thought Kirk forgot how many downs there were, and he was taken aback on the sidelines. So before we get to feedback, what did you – Make of that.
1: If you played for the team, and you're a veteran in the playoffs, thirteen win season, before you leave the state, hell, in my case, before I leave the sideline, wouldn't you want to know the answer to that question in retrospect? Yeah, how did we throw a three yard pass on a fourth and eight? Like if I'm a, if I'm Pat P, I'm getting that damn answer to give Bryant McFadden. Are people making too big of a deal out of that play? No, that play is an enormous, enormous step back to Kirk being who Kirk used to be, and O'Connell somehow empowered him there. Now, keep in mind, O'Connell empowered Kirk mentally, I think, the entire year, but there were a, a lot of plays. Go back and watch film, guys. We, we talked about this. There were a lot of plays where O'Connell, early in the season especially, did not leave guys way short of the sticks because of exactly that play. Yeah. In that play, I mean, and and we've seen it a thousand times now. When you have a tight end who's chipping and then releases on fourth and eight, and your season's on the line, and that's your final play, um, that's an enormous blunder. And for anyone who says, "Well, what's he going to do? He's got to throw it up. He's got to throw it into KJ or or Jefferson. I don't care whom, but he's got to take a chance. Like if it all breaks down." What you do is you launch that football towards Osborne, and if it gets picked or falls in, incomplete, you say, well, it broke down. It's just interesting that because that, you, you, you kind of wonder, well, is you,
0: you're watching the game on TV or you're watching from the stadium as a fan or a media member, and you got your own thoughts, and then other people that actually know what they're talking about, like Kurt Warner or Trenches, Alex Boone, Jeremiah Searles, NFL players, Patrick Peterson, And everyone kind of has a similar opinion, which is, you know, maybe not, it wasn't the most amazing play design. And there was a little pressure, but he still had like three seconds to throw, and that's what happened. Um, So this is Feedback Friday, where we go through your comments, questions, concerns, critiques, whatever you want to send us. And we try to get to as many as possible on both Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily on Fridays. Just kind of turn the show over to you guys. And uh, the first question is about Kirk. And his age from Alan Fensky here via the ScoreNorth app can always send us stuff to the ScoreNorth app. You'll probably file this under useless statistics, but here's a Super Bowl breakdown: Super Bowl wins by age group of quarterbacks. So he has taken what are there been fifty six Super Bowls or whatever, and uh, he has put them into categories of how old the quarterback is. So. 31 of the Super Bowls have been won by quarterbacks under 30. 17 of them have been won by quarterbacks between 31 and 34, or 31 and 35. And then eight only have been won by quarterbacks who are 35 and older. Of that older group, so there's been eight of them. Tom Brady has three. John Elway has two. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Johnny Unitas. These are all Hall of Fame dudes, all with one. So what are your thoughts on, on Kirk's age? I know we've spent the last five years dissecting his play. Yep. But now that his play, his play, I think, has ascended in many key areas. In the five years he's been a Viking. Uh-huh. But his age is also ascending, and he's going to be 35 years old like this summer. So what do you, what do you make of it? Is, is he too old? What what do you make of his age and how that factors into their decision-making? Here?
1: Well, I think you have to tie it together uh, very firmly with his contract and his cap hit, right? Because like if Kirk, if Kirk said, which he won't, Hey, you know what? I'll play for cheap. Cause I'm getting old. He'd be like, okay. Uh, but he's not going to. And so I really think the more I think about this now, personally, I would let him play the contract out. I think they're going to sign him to an extension through 2024 and move on in 2025. And I think that that's probably fair from an age point of, of view. I just think that we've also gotten into because of guys like Brady, especially R- Rogers to a certain degree as well, though, we've gotten into this like, Oh, quarterbacks can play into their forties. Now. Well, that's not true of most people. And so I think his age is an important factor. I think the clock is ticking. I am on record as saying this. I don't think Kirk Cousins is ever going to win a Super Bowl, though. So, like, I mean, forget the age. I just don't think, and I think the last play on Sunday, I mean, that was a first-round playoff game, you guys. That was a first-round playoff game. And that check down at fourth and eight for three yards is an inexcusable young man's mistake. So, look, he made strides. He and O'Connell had a good working relationship. He did some really good things in the regular season. Uh but that didn't translate and I think the age is a factor, but I think it's only one of m- of many factors which includes his play and of course um his contract. Do hmm. you think he's too old, Dex? He's
0: too he's old. He's he's too old. He's, he's too old. Look, all of
2: those guys and by the way Drew Brees was 30 when he won a Super Bowl, so I I'm, I'm not sure uh where he fell in with the 35 plus category when you were reading that uh, list off the top um oh, maybe
0: maybe this whole premise is wrong now but but like I with, just trust the research that you guys hey, send yeah
2: you're burgundy here, you are literally Our reading the prompter check
1: it. yeah you're you're <laughs> so reading North the prompter checking department Where but, are they?
2: but those thirty five plus guys Peyton's, Bradys, et cetera, like those are generational bona fide hall of fame quarterbacks, and I know statistically you can make a whole look at Kirk statistics, but dude. Kirk Cousins is not on the same level career-wise as Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Perception and any of those those things. So I understand why those guys were able to win Super Bowls at that age. Um, I thought this year was the best possible chance and best path for Kirk to win a Super Bowl. And now all of that is for, for not because you lost in the wild card round. And I just think the path is going to be incredibly more difficult next year. It's not guaranteed you win 13 games. not guaranteed you have a wild card round. It's not guaranteed the conference is going to be, going to be weaker again. So I think this was this was the year. Like, I, I really, my hottest take wasn't just a hot take thrown against the wall and see what sticks. I, I legitimately stand by it. I think the 2022 Vikings had Kirk Cousins on the best path to win a Super Bowl, and now I, I'm back to square one with them, which is, you can't. You can't win a Super Bowl.
0: It's, and it becomes harder the older. And I, I just went back, and I, I think I'm correcting Alan here correctly. Brady has four of them. The, of the eight by 35 and older quarterbacks, Brady has four. Elway has two Peyton Manning has one. And then Johnny Unitas uh, okay. I'll trust has one Bree You're right. Breeze was that. So uh, Alan, you're, you're wrong about Drew Brees, but we appreciate the, the rest of the research here. So I also did a search here, just for curiosity. Cause it does seem like it's easier lately, like the last five or 10 years for older quarterbacks to kind of stick around. I mean, Phillip rivers was still slinging it at like age 38, 39, you know, he's kind of in that Kirk cousins tier, we know what Tom Brady has been. I don't think you can just say, "Well, Tom Brady's doing it. LeBron James is doing it, therefore, those guys are insane, right and have especially in Tom Brady's case, Tom Brady has sacrificed family for football, basically. yep. think about
1: that. Yeah, with descending talent too, that's the thing is he's sort of sick.
0: kind I mean kind yeah. of I mean this talent. year he yeah. gave
1: up Giselle he, but I mean, oh okay, if Brady was still 40. Then you know what? Sorry, Giselle, I'm gone. But what? he gave, but he gave up the family this season, and he's not that good anymore.
0: And I think it's possible that that relationship may have been on the rocks long before sure. the public found out. But, but I've I found in NFL history here, yeah, in NFL history, at least going back to like the merger, sixteen different quarterbacks, thirty five and older. Have and and I'll specify this. Actually, this list starts in 1991 with Warren Moon. I don't know if he was the first to do it or if I just like did a. I did this like three weeks ago and I forgot about it. So this is a link that I saved. So since 1991, at least 16 different quarterbacks, age 35 and older, have thrown for 4,000 yards in a season, which is just kind of the benchmark I used as like, are you still a really really good high end quarterback past the age of 35? 16 different quarterbacks. So it, you know, doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, But Kirk could reasonably fall. And the way he takes care of his body, he's been super durable. He had a good season this last year. He could pretty easily have multiple more effective seasons left in the tank. You know, Rodgers is still pretty effective at 39. Matt Ryan was still throwing for, you know, almost 5,000 yards at age 35, 36. So, um. I think he's got at least a couple more years left. The question is, how much do you pay for those years, and do those years come in purple? And I don't, I don't know where they're leaning with that.
1: So. I am, um, from what they've shown, I am willing to bet he's here through at least 24. Yeah. Oh, that's unless man. unless they say we, we'd like to sign you to a one-year extension through 24, and they're like, no, it's got got to be three years. Then you got a problem. If Kirk's camp says three. Yeah, four. yes, yes. If the Cousins camp says, oh, no, no, it's got to go to twenty. he 26. said how long he wants to play for? He just wants to be a Viking. He just loves being a Viking, he says. He he has not said, he has not put a years on it, ever. He's never said, like, 40 or 42. No, forty-two, no. Nope. He's just talked about the fact that he loves it here, and he hmm. loves how the checks go through it every other Friday.
0: Um, Let's see here. He just works here. Uh, David Brazel has some reckless speculation for us. We always love that.
2: Speculation.
0: Lamar Jackson seems like he could be unhappy in Baltimore. What do you guys think about how Lamar would function in a KOC offense with Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson to throw to? KOC is clearly a creative offensive mind and a unique talent
1: like Lamar could be worth exploring. What do you think of that notion? Mm. Well, first of all, what's the price tag? Just in compensation back to Baltimore because it would be enormous. and the, the second price tag. The on... second thing is the price tag on Lamar Jackson. And, and so here's my concern just about him. He is starting to get hurt and the way, and I don't think he's got another gear to shift it down to change himself. Yeah. I'm a, I love I'm his, honest. his I'm healthy honest. talent. His healthy talent is fun yeah. as hell to watch. Um, and we, we can certainly talk about accuracy and things like that, but I'm just saying from a availability standpoint, you know, cause someday when Kirk is gone, we will miss that. Mm -hmm. Dude, I I feel like I have, personally, I have such a clear
0: vision of what I, as a fan of football, as a guy with a microphone for some reason, what I want teams to do with quarterbacks. There are like five or six guys in the league at any given time, roughly. Joe Burrow is going to be one of them. Patrick Mahomes is that I would just pay whatever the market rate needs to be. Whatever I need to pay to have Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, previously Tom Brady, you know whatever that bin looks like every, every so often, right? Yep. I will pay whatever it takes to keep those guys on my team or to get those guys. Yep. Everybody else I move on from if they want to make more money than is going to help my team build a roster. And unfortunately, Lamar Jackson, former MVP, The fact that he's starting to break down a little bit, and he's he wants to make money among the top quarterbacks in the league. I don't think he's on that top tier. He's like on the second tier. I just say no, and I'm, because it's gonna cripple your franchise. Not to the point where you're gonna be a bad team, but to the point where you're gonna be stuck in Vikingsville, which is mediocrity. Yeah. So he's gonna get hurt more. You gotta be willing to just say it was a great five year run. We, we did some nice, fun things. You won an MVP, but it will hurt our franchise if we give you $40 million a year and have to build a 53-man roster around you. I'm sorry.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. So, uh, Charles Steidler says, after listening to Kwasi and KOC talk for 30 minutes and effectively tell me nothing, I'd like to give you guys my power rankings for Minnesota sports masters of grandiloquence. Oh, whoa! love this. Number five, Rocco Baldelli. Will rarely tell you anything, but will say words that are positive. Yep. Number four, Gerson Rosas previously said a lot of things that sounded important but weren't real. Friend of the show. He built a great roster, by the way. Built mm-hmm. a playoff roster last year. KOC and Quasi. Intention, foundation, evaluation, coordination, communication, professional <laughs> word soup from these guys. I love that. Yep. That's great. Yep, Crazy,
1: crazy,
0: real good. Yep. Derek Falvey and Thad Levine. Well, what we can tell you is, continues on to say nothing. (laughs) Well what we can tell you is, we are exploring all options. We are constantly evaluating every part of our baseball club. Yep. And number one, Rick Spielman. The guy could dodge a question with ease and make it sound like he gave you a genuine answer. Slick Rick. Hmm.
1: Well, he would actually laugh mid-answer, because he knew he was bamboozling you, and he knew that you knew, and, and he wanted you to laugh with him. Who's the best at taking a question and turning it into an answer that has nothing to do with the question? Rick. Crazy's pretty good at that.
0: Rick, Rick, Rick was really good at that. Um, well, Brett Favre was pretty good at that. Well, but
1: Brett Favre, would then get, would, he, he would take an <laughs> innocuous question and break news. And then ask more questions. Yeah, but like Falvey tries to take questions and turn them to yeah. his to what he wants. Falvey, I feel like I think, Quazy I think it's does. probably Falvey.
0: Falvey is Falvey always brings it back. I always envision guys like these new age. I know I have to be up there for thirty minutes, maybe forty minutes. How do I how do I get up there for a half hour and say nothing? I always envision them going back behind the curtain afterwards and like high fiving <laughs> the PR director. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, nice job,
1: guys. Oh, God, yeah.
0: Right before they come out for the media, they all put their hands, they get in like a pregame,
1: they all put their hands in the middle. Say nothing. One, two, three. Say nothing. Say nothing. (laughs) I miss Gerson. The only thing I wish, I wish Gerson had, had been himself totally. Just a guy that didn't really have a care yeah, in the world. Just an ass. Yeah. Yes, but 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 instead of this whole family thing, just be be like, you know what, guys, I am an old school executive.
0: You know, I still- I smoke
1: in the office. I drink in the office. <laughs> uh, I do whatever I want. Do more than that in the office sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally,
0: uh, he still peeks my Instagram stories once in a while. I should see if hey, he wants uh, to come uh, back on the show. He used to be a he, good friend of the show. Uh, he was great with us. We should get him back. We never had an issue with Gers. I I, I had a friend
2: who said he saw him at a local restaurant within the last, like,
0: three or four months, so he still frequents Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Sanchez says, I understand the negativity of the week given the playoff loss, but we have to stop thinking like losers do. We need to have a conversation about how things can go right next year instead of go worse. The offense is largely back, and the production behind Jefferson that we stand to lose can be made up by fresher, younger players. Kirk will finally have some continuity, and I think year two is his chance to to show his highest potential. We should not extend him until he shows that. However, as for the defense, what about it? There's nowhere to go but up. Sure, maybe we win only ten or eleven games instead of thirteen, but I probably trust a team that can do that on a first place schedule more than this year's team. I agree with a lot of this stuff. If they are to, they're going to kind of nuke the defense. But how much worse can it really get? Right. In the offense, if they were to replace Thielen with. Literally, like, maybe Jalen Naylor gets more snaps or something, or they draft a wide receiver. A first-round draft pick wide receiver would be really interesting. But it does feel like the team can get better, but the results might be worse because of close game regression, yes. tougher schedule, right? So you maybe you do see a 10 or 11-win team that's actually better built for a playoff run if they do it right.
1: Defensively, I want a fast, swarming, aggressive Unit. That's what swarming. i want. swarming. I want him to be swarming. swarming, buzzing around. I want him to be swarming to the ball. I want if the ball hits the ground, I want everything returned to the end zone. I want I want that Tomlin aggressiveness back. That was my favorite. I love the aggressiveness of. Is Tomlin likes. the
0: one that started like Vikings players for years in training camp? If they if they picked up Tomlin uh, started that they had yes. to run to the end zone basically. Yes. Okay. Which I actually liked. It's mm-hmm. great. Whenever Judd dropped his notebook, got to pick it up, run to the end zone. <laughs> yep.
1: Sean Jensen would pick it up and just take off of the end zone, and then I, and then my scoops would all be gone. <laughs>
0: uh, Robbie Bruzik says, of all the moves you guys propose, keeping Harrison Smith from a roster construction standpoint is the one that makes the least amount of sense to me. Safety of all positions you talked about is one where we seem to have at least a little bit of depth and have seen some glimpses of some promise from younger guys. Yeah, Metellus Bynum, more two years ago than last year. Yeah. it have seen you guys also repeatedly talk about safety not being a position of value. So why is that the one position you're willing to overpay and restructure for an old guy? You guys seem to be talking out of both sides of your mouth when it comes to that thought process. I, I won't fight this. We're, maybe what we're doing is saying, well, you got to keep one of them.
1: Well, also, but, what's the but? But if you're going to, if you have to flat out cut him, it's a fairly large cap hit. That's my correct. point.
0: Yep. So we're we're essentially saying we'd rather restructure than cut or ride the contract.
1: Well, out. so as as I recall, the entire conversation was th- that we started out going through um, the veteran players that might be gone. Is I said I would restructure Thielen and Dex, and you said no, 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 cut him, which is a fairly large cap hit um, in in the dead cap, and then then we got to Smith, and it was the same exact thing. And look, I mean, the one thing here is. I'm all for cutting players. You guys know that. I love to cut players, but the dead money accumulates. Like you can't just be be, be like, okay, now take that on. Now take that kit. At some point in time, you got to think through this. So Thielen and Smith are very costly to cut, and I think you you guys thought, and so I, of course, was forced into it, just like I was to leave the uh, J- or the Colts game. I was wow, forced so into funny, yes. hmm. getting on board with you guys, and so we decided that they couldn't also absorb the dead cap hit on Harrison Smith. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean some of this is just okay, you could just get rid of everyone, but if like in Harrison Smith's case, the contract they signed him to you're almost better off just because you're
1: gonna eat so much money anyways. Just keep him for another year and It was a dumb contract. Like that that's the problem is he never should have been given this contract. Yeah. And he's still
0: good. He's just not the player that he was uh, a few years ago. Amen. So um, Dex, why don't you tell the audience here yeah. how they can have a, a more fun time than even usual watching football this weekend.
2: Yeah, we got some divisional round weekend. It's actually my favorite weekend of the football calendar year. Not week one, not Super Bowl, not conference championship. Divisional round, top four, top four. It's my favorite time of the NFL mm-hmm. calendar year. And uh, but Let's show off this one, though, because you can do a little mixed sport entry like our guy Ryan did, a little four-pick parlay. Jud. He took uh, Mark andre Fleury and Matt Boldy saves and, then, or, uh, or saves and shots. And he yep. put it with Geno Smith and Trevor Lawrence passing oh, yards. Wow. He he you know, he rode those overs. He mixed it up a little wild action with some playoff action. You can do the same thing in underdog fantasy this weekend. And we join with promo code SCORE SKOR. They'll match your first deposit up to one hundred bucks. Go download the underdog fantasy app.
0: Yes, go. Football. Right now. Go do it. Go, do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's continue here with the feedback on Mackie and Judd, turning the show over to you guys. So the Vikings obviously have a defensive coordinator opening. And Dylan Pease chimes in and says, I am a Wisconsin Badger fan and Sorry. love Jim Leonard. Mm. His defenses were anything but prevent. They were aggressive. They were multiple. Football. <laughs> Talk turkey. And disciplined. As at Wisconsin, they needed to be gap-disciplined because of the lack of athleticism. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Well, I'll come back to that. He also played for Mike Petten as well because he played 14 years in the NFL. He played for Mike Petten for a chunk. And he played with Kevin O'Connell with the Jets, so that might be a pull if you want if you want to keep Petten just on the staff. Yeah. And he works with Jim Leonard. So that is the thing. Jim Leonard is out at Wisconsin because they hired they hired Luke Fickle. But he oversaw some of the best defenses in all of college football. They were very much aggressive. And to Dylan's point, Wisconsin defensively was competing with some of the top teams in college football without the four- and five-star recruits that some of those teams have. You know, Wisconsin maybe gets like three, four, five four-star recruits in a recruiting class. Ohio State gets 15, Michigan gets 14, Alabama gets 20, 15 to 20. So to be able to put up those defensive numbers as a defensive coordinator and he was the interim head coach when things got weird this year, it's worth a look and the fact that he spent 14 years as an NFL safety. He's only 40 years old, so he wouldn't just you wouldn't just be hiring a college guy. Yes, his coaching experience is college, but he just recently retired like five years ago from a a decade-and-a-half-long NFL career. yep. I just did a Google search for Jim Leonard. He is available to be hired, but there's really no steam outside of the Alabama steam. So apparently he is being thrown around uh, as an Alabama defensive coordinator option. The only other thing that pops up is like a Packers or Wisconsin sports blog saying he should go to the Packers. (laughs) So I don't know what... It's been awfully quiet on the Jim Leonard front. I
1: wonder if...
0: NFL steam picks up here at some point. Certainly would but make a lot. I'm of interested. Sense.
1: Yeah, and it would make a ton of sense. The thing I, I like too is I think he would fit really well with with the coaching staff and like O'Connell, like Ed. You know, God bless him, but Ed's sixty something, and and he came in and he's got you know he's got ideas. You know, Mike Pettin or or um, uh, F- Fangio taught me this or that. I sort of like the idea of a uh, a younger guy aggressive guy again mm-hmm. guy who's gonna swarm to the football a guy who's going to have an aggressive football mentality I, I mean i'm not sure about you guys but in football defensively there's nothing that drives me crazier than a passive defense than a defense that sort of like is playing prevent to start the game it's like what mm-hmm. are you doing especially in this league now where pressure on quarterbacks is so imperative like you've got to get to people And just to see the Vikings sort of forfeit the middle of the field consistently so we don't have deep pass plays, which, by the way, they didn't prevent, I think that this would be the type of hire that would be much more in line with what O'Connell wants from his people than Ed Donatel probably was.
0: Yeah. Well, something else of note, just digging deeper on the Pettin thing. So, you know, you're wondering, oh, what what kind of defenses would Jim – I think Jim Leonard actually ran a 3-4 – Defense, at least the last few years at Wisconsin. Um, he played, he was the starting strong safety for 16 games during that 2009 Jets run. Wasn't that the year that the Jets with Mark Sanchez played went the to Broncos like the
1: Broncos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the AFC Championship game right before the Saints Vikings started. Yep. Right. So
0: he, he started all 16 games at safety for the Rex Ryan, Mike Pettin defense that was one of the best defenses in the NFL in 2009
1: there's I, there's
0: there are there's a team here
1: to be connected here okay yep yep and and guess what too Rexy's defenses were multiple and super aggressive you mean you He's can run a, wait, 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 you
0: can run a three four base defense and be super aggressive and jam and blitz and be intimidating yeah you can do that okay I wasn't aware if that was part of the guidelines so Jim Leonard, someone to keep an eye on. I don't know why there's not more conversation. Why are all these. I guess if he was an option for the Vikings, why was he not an option for the Browns or some of these other teams that are looking for defensive court? The Falcons, right? There's perhaps teams it's looking hush, for hush in Egan, perhaps we are just keeping maybe. quiet below the radar. Maybe he's been. Maybe him and KOC have been. Well, let me paint a scenario, all right? This is not me reporting. This is me speculating. Reckless. They're zooming. When did. Uh, who was the. Who was the coach, the Wisconsin coach that got fired again? Oh, Paul Christ. Christ. Paul Christ. Okay. So he got fired in early October. Yeah. And then Jim Leonard took over, but then the Luke Fickle stuff started to, but but when that happens and you're Jim Leonard, you're like, oh, whoa, okay. This is a pretty big shakeup happening here. The Vikings uh, were trucking along pretty well, but then like, In November, as the college season came to an end, that's when the Vikings gave up 40 to the Cowboys and they started giving up all these points, right? 34 to the Lions, the the first half of the Colts, as the Wisconsin season's winding down. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that Jim Leonard, once the Wisconsin season starts winding down in early November, mid-November, and Kevin O'Connell starting to get really frustrated with his defense getting smoked on a week-to-week basis, he, he went public around that time saying... I told Ed Donatel, if I was attacking your defense, here are the things that I would look to do as an yeah. offensive mind that maybe he's also texting some of his defensive minded friends around the football sphere. Hey, what do you think of this? Hey, what do you how are you doing over there? Oh man, I saw there was some turmoil in Wisconsin. What's uh what's going on with you? You gonna you never stick know. around there? You never know. That's no, Kev, reckless. I'm uh Kev, I don't think it's gonna work out for me to stick around with Luke Fickle. Oh. So what are you gonna what are you gonna do? You wanna Stay in coaching? You want to stay in college?
1: No. And and didn't Jim say when Fickle got the job initially? I think he said he planned to stay on as his DC, and then shortly after that it disintegrated, and he's like, "No, I'm not going to." Yeah. Perhaps KLC said, "You know, Jimmy, baby, Jimmy, we're only a few hours away." How's Mad your fam- t- How's your
0: family doing? They still living in the Wisconsin area too? Oh, well, yep. yeah, maybe I should. Maybe we should meet in the middle at the the torpedo sometime, and we can get a beer together. Toma,
1: that gas station in Toma that that became a sandwich shop. Meet me yep. there.
0: Again, we are not reporting by any means that these no, conversations no are happening. Being, no
1: reporting being done here. It's an
0: interesting connection.
2: Reckless speculation. Nice work. Uh,
0: all right, Ronnie Hippie says, "Why do we constantly complain about the lack of respect nationally about the success of the Vikings?" I've been a Vikings fan since 1971. I barely remember the last Super Bowl in 1977. I've been a loyal fan, true and true. I get so tired of Vikings fans complaining about the lack of respect we need to start winning games. It's as simple as that. I agree. All this stuff about, and we kind of fed into it a little bit, but like, no one respects the Vikings. No one respects the Vikings. Well, then don't get beat at home by the Giants as a favorite on wild card weekend. You don't deserve respect. Go earn your respect by getting to a Super Bowl for the first time since 1977. That should be the, as all fans, that should just be the motto here. The Vikings deserve no respect until they earn it by finally getting to a Super Bowl again.
1: Yeah, the playoffs, 13 wins was really nice. And the playoffs started and we said, okay, prove it. And the Vikings were like, no, no, we're not going to. Like, it's hard to defend them now. I was trying before because you won 13 games. But my right. God, when you can't beat the Giants, you know, if you had gone into San Francisco and lost a close game, I'd be like, okay, that's disappointing. But you know what? You won 13 games. You won your first round playoff game. KOC's first year. Okay, that's pretty good. But when you self-destruct against the Giants yeah. at home, it's really hard. I mean, what what are you going to even say to defend this team? Hmm. People melted down. People melted down. The defense melted down. Kirk Cousins melted down. I mean,
2: the Vikings fans are the only ones that really fight this whole, they, they, they want to go to battle with the national perception. Like, th- this doesn't happen with the Twins. The Twins are trying to battle the local perception that respect us and, and pay attention to us just locally. But, like, if MLB Network is not talking about Louisa Rice, you're not going to get a blog talking about they're disrespecting the MLB Network. They're not talking about that. That's not going to happen. It's only with the Vikings fans that this happens that, they, they want the national respect, maybe because, you know, the NFL is just all over the place, and they, they're they the kings of the four major men's sports in the United States. But the Vikings fans are the only ones that do this. Like, Wild fans won't do this. The Wolves fans certainly won't do this. Um, it's, the, it's, it's the only battle that the Vikings fans are, are trying to pick.
0: And it's a losing battle. The Vikings, the Vikings have earned their lack of respect. They have. Yep. And so it, it's time to go change that. This is actually going to be a really interesting year for O'Connell in that there's going to be the sort of this, this weight of change and regression and one score games aren't going to go your way as often. And how can you push back at that and still make the playoffs against a first place schedule um, while trying to gain the respect of everyone? If he, if Kevin O'Connell can coach this team, whatever this thing looks like next year to 10 or 11 wins against the first place schedule, I will have more respect even than this last year. So all right, it's time for our Minnesota goodbye talker of the week here. Declan's got one for you guys.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, so a week ago Friday, a week ago on Friday, um the gal and I orchestrated a kind of a last minute double date with my friend and his his girlfriend. Um and because we kinda of orchestrated it last minute, we knew like, oh, we want to eat in Minneapolis, but you know it kinda of be kind be a little tough to find a table for four at, you know, this this hour and my fiance was still running errands, so we were trying to figure out timing, and, and we finally locked down. Hey, let's go to this place. I'll leave the place out of it. Like We'll, we'll go here. This is a big enough spot. They should be able to accommodate a, a four-person table. Let's lock into there. And um, So my buddy said, it. he'll go there. He'll get the table, and and we'll, we'll go from there. So I said, great. He arrives at the restaurant, um, gets a table for four, texts me, goes, hey, I got a table for four. You'll see us right when you walk in. You can't miss us. We'll see you there. And I said, great. I will be there ASAP. I'm just waiting on her to get home. Once she gets home, we'll be there in 10 minutes. It was really close to to our place. So about five to 10 minutes later, after the fact of the table being established and we're going to go meet them, I get a text from my buddy that says, hey, uh, change of plans. We're going to go eat down the street instead. And I said, oh, okay. Like I really wanted to eat here. Like this is is where I wanted to eat. He said, yep, change of plans. We're going down the street. He's being very vague about the reasoning. And I'm trying to figure Mm. out like, okay and i was like well like why are you going down there like we really want to eat here and he replies back in very vaguely goes yep sorry just can't eat there and i uh, i'm like what what the hell like what why is this guy
0: are you guys like super good friends or yeah, really good friend of mine
2: really good friend of mine really good friend And he, and he won't really pry the information of what why he doesn't want to eat there his girlfriend is a vegetarian so i kind of thought oh is it not a veg like i was trying to like you know, deduct of why he didn't want to go out. But then I realized, no, we've eaten there with them before. Like, I know she likes this place. So I take a complete kind of educated stab in the dark of the reasoning of why. So I text him and I say, did you like run into an ex-girlfriend? Like, what do you mean you can't eat there? And he replies back and goes, wow, like that was an incredible pull. That is exactly what happened. Like an ex-girlfriend was at the restaurant. So eventually when we meet up with them, okay, long story longer, we meet up with them I want the play-by-play of, what do you mean, like, you you saw an ex and I get it, like, there's exes in my life that I would prefer not to run into, but was she already seated? Like, what was the order of operations here? So he claimed that he walked in, they get the table for four for for me and my fiancé to join them on this double date. Within those five minutes, his ex walked in and also got a table, not within earshot, but within eyesight of a pretty big restaurant. And he was too uncomfortable, and he got up and left. To which, I, yeah. to which I, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys the same question. If I was already seated at a restaurant and it was a big enough spot, like if it's elbows to elbows, you know, I guess it'd be kind of weird if I'm an earshot of the same conversations and vice versa. But if I arrived at a restaurant first, I'm not getting up and leaving for two reasons. Number one, I was there first. And two, me getting up and leaving and then that person seeing that, to me, that awards power to a person that I don't want to award power over me anymore in my life
0: you can't leave the restaurant you can't leave the restaurant in that situation there's no reason to leave the restaurant i agree who cares you can't be in the same zip code as an ex-girlfriend i agree this you have to be outside the the city limits for you to enjoy a meal with some friends now if you get seated like if it's like crammed and you're literally right. like you can hear each other's conversations i could see how that would be uncomfortable yeah but i'm i'm on your side i do feel we, like this
1: is a uh, do do we know for sure that so, so he was with his girlfriend now, though, right? Correct. Yep. Do we know for sure that she didn't object?
2: Uh, she didn't really care. He, mm. he she did not object. Well, it was did his, he say was that his, she didn't care? Was, Are you no, sure of no, that? Yes, because I asked both their opinions so you pressed on this. Her. Yep, I okay, pressed cause both of them press on her. it because the
1: arm twisting. Like
2: within the first five minutes of me eventually sitting down with them, I was like, "Okay, give me the play by play here. Like,
0: what happened? Like, who arrived maybe first? Like, Maybe he's still, like, still kind of with the ex girlfriend. I know. Maybe there. Maybe there's a little. Uh... No, I, I don't. Maybe it's not. Maybe the flame hasn't been extinguished yet. I guess.
2: I, I, I don't think that's the case with, with my friend. But then it caused yeah, like a 20-minute conversation at dinner of all of us giving our opinions. If we ran into this ex, we ran into this person, like, what have you got up and, leave? and well, I said, leaving? I said, I'm not leaving. So,
0: so you, walk, you walk into the grocery store and, oh, my God, yep. my ex is in the produce aisle. I guess I, I got, got up to go to a, a different grocery <laughs>
1: store. I got to be no, honest. Live your life. I got to be honest. If that place that... that you and and the fiance wanted to go to and enjoy, and my friend pulled that stunt. I'd be like, dude, that's cool. We will be eat, eating at the restaurant that we picked. So, I'm, on this. Yeah. I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to play into your childish games. Correct. Yeah. And and flat out, what your gal w- wanted is more important than your buddy.
0: Yeah. Well, here's another question though. Would was the dinner gathering more about? Because this would, I, I guess I, I'm going to backtrack here. Because a lot of times if we go out with friends, it's more about being with the friends than it is about where we go. Like we could go, whatever, we could go any number of different places. Was this more about for you, just for you guys, was it about the restaurant or was it about hanging out with the friends? Because if it's about the restaurant, you got to, I'm a Judd, you got to tell your buddy, hey, we had our sights set on this thing. If you can't, hey, if you can't deal with your personal life, then... uh We'll right, just see do. it. We'll see you tomorrow night or see you next time. So the right. funny part was,
2: is it, I would say it's about 50, 50 in that, in that split there, because the restaurant they were going to go to afterwards, after the whole kerfuffle, we can't eat there. We're going down the street to so the restaurant down the street was a restaurant. We had no interest in like, z- like zero oh, interest in, to which no, I called back, good. which I called back and I said, I'm not going to meet you at this new restaurant. If you're now, this is now becoming a curb situation. If you're uncomfortable <laughs> with the original restaurant, I am suggesting a third restaurant. You can meet us there or not. We are going to eat here. So that is and what then you happened. Get to the third restaurant.
1: I think you should have gone to your the restaurant. Again. Yeah. I think you should have gone. I think you should have gone to your restaurant. Well, it, I really do. The first, the first option
2: was great, and the third option was one of our regulars. And we said we're going to the third option. If you're if you're uncomfortable, if you don't want to come to the third option, because now you are going to go three different places, that's fine. But we will be here. If you want to come join us, come join us. They did come join us.
0: You get to the third place. There's
1: there's oh Dex. Oh my Dex! god. You know, I feel like this was, well, first of all, congratulations because I feel like you did do the right thing by balking at at the second choice. And so you you did establish the the site of the of the meetup, but I feel like the first thing Dex, I feel like that's a chance for for you to establish a culture. And the culture is we are going to where we're going. Like you guys are too old now for this. I agree. Crap. Yeah, no, dude, I. Agree. You're like, thirty now, I man. If I agree. you were you're eighteen 30. or twenty, okay, then it's uncomfortable. But I said. you know, you're thirty. You're gonna see yeah. a lot of people you don't like. You're gonna and, and and across the restaurant. Like I think the Declan culture, as you and and your future wife begin on your journey, the culture has to be. We're adults here. If you don't want to be an adult, that's cool. But I, then we're done as friends.
0: I am with you. No, I, I'm with oh, you, so on Judd, that. You would have you'd ended the friendship that night. I would
1: have been thrilled to get out of the thing.
0: <laughs> I I did tell him when he went. Like I said, when he went
2: down to the second restaurant down the street, I called him. I said, "There's no chance we're going to that restaurant." Well, good for you for that.
1: I, I, I do said, applaud I'm not that. Doing
2: that. And I showed even I showed her the man was like, "Look at this place. Do you want to eat here?" And she literally within three seconds goes, "You <laughs> need to know." I'll, yeah, Go I'll ahead. let you know off mic. They're
1: okay. a proud sponsor
0: of Mackey and Judd and Corner. I you can't know. wait until they become a sponsor.
1: If exactly. you. <laughs> If that had occurred with Dawn, she would not have deviated at all. Yeah, Because she picks the restaurant. She will look, I'm not joking, she will look at an online menu of a place that she's picked for a week. Kelsey does the same thing. She'll have decided what I should get. She'll have decided what she's going to get. We will then get there, and she will vacillate on what she's going to get if she knows (laughs) what I should get. Which, by the way, this might sound weird, I actually like. Cause she like knows what I like, oh, yeah. but I mean, but I mean, if you were to, if you were to basically go to the line of scrimmage of the dinner date and audible, Don would be like, she'd be like Ditka on Harbaugh good in day. 93 at the Metrodome.
2: Oh my God. Incredible. Incredible. So yes, that was my dilemma. Well, yeah. good for you. I do admire. Oh, what you Thank you. Had.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I think you, uh, you, you drew a line partially in the sand. But there's maybe some room for improvement here, but yeah. All right. So, yeah. What do you think about Declan's conundrum? Are you caving into your friend? Let us know in the YouTube comment section so we can pull the room here. Or hit us up on Twitter where we're constantly just doom scrolling. Vikings he, doom
1: scrolling. He's 30 as well. Hey, he's the same age as me. Yeah. So, yeah. When, you, yeah. when you're That's 30, yeah,
0: just enjoy your night. For sure. Drink a couple of old fashions. All right. That's Mackie and Judd here. Feedback Friday. We'll see you guys. Uh, see you guys early next week.